Incon with Podcasts are produced as Art Work. These podcasts are a collaboration between Incon with and the 1968 Film Group for Depth for Dex 2019. Welcome to Incon with Podcasts. My name is Neil Ferguson and today I'm in conversation with Karen Turner. Karen, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, um, I'm Karen Turner. I run, I'm an artist. I run a art space in Pimlico called Cave. Um, I think that's... And why, what took you into doing that? Are those things, you know, like, you know, I, I met you first as an art student. As an art student, yeah. So I, I graduated from university, from art school. It's a bit of a fantasy of mine, but I enjoyed it. I went into it, um, I graduated in 2013. And the one thing I came out sort of shouting about was, oh my goodness, I want my own art space. I don't want to have to suck up to other gallerists to establish myself as an artist. I'll get my own art space. Um... And yeah, and I did. There was I wanted it to be in my local area where I grew up. I grew up in Pimlico, still live in Pimlico now. Uh, these things were important, so I was looking around my area for something that might work. And there was an old second-hand furniture yard that I used to shop in, run by a couple of wheeler dealers, local guys. And they were selling on the lease. And uh, yeah, within the community and some support from friends, uh, Jane, Jane Stevenson, she uh, helped us secure the space. So we had a second-hand furniture yard with no money to turn it into anything else. But, so, and initially, you you saw this this the space, this the, the idea of it being a kind of working space that you were selling objects. Definitely, you know, like definitely. It it sort of ran along the the idea of you know as artists, a lot of friends who are artists. And it would be amazing to graduate from art school and become a paid artist doing what you love. But that's not really, that's not really, you know, that's, that's not sort of how it works. But you have to earn an income. So my idea was to sort of have this space that could work as a shop and workshops and, and do other things to earn an income. And then I would have this space to sort of accommodate my own art practice. And, uh, as, and use it as a studio, I suppose, but a studio that had all these other sort of elements where we had to open to the public to try and pay the rent and pay the bills. Mm. But do you think you were sort of walking in a route of romance you know, or indulgence? You know, oh, as, as two different... Definitely, definitely. It was, uh, you know, don't get, don't get me wrong, I believe we had the opportunity, you know, we used to, me and my husband, Nigel, who works with me, we used to find stuff on the street. Our whole home was furnished from the... Sh- crap left around Pimlico at the bins and stuff so we had this idea sort of of having this this shop that was just sort of stocked by all the crap that you found and we could upcycle it and that was how we'd make money and then I could just sort of indulge myself and put art in there and let friends exhibit in this space but there was a lot of confusion in them beginning years it was uh, you know I knew what I wanted it to be but the reality of what it was was something quite different and people used to get quite confused sort of coming in there because I sort of promoted and advertised it and thought of it as an art space. But what it really was was a second-hand furniture yard. But that that led to that that kind of... When you went for the crowd 
funding mm. to, to set up cave the space. Gallery. Yeah, yeah, that things changed then. We we you know we we took over the space in twenty fourteen, struggling to pay the rent. Twenty fifteen, we got the wagon because we thought we'd start doing a bit of food and cups of tea, and that's another way of getting people in. And then that had sort of took off, and we was okay. And I'd always wanted... I tried to get away with putting art within the space as it was. I loved it because it raised lots of questions about what art is, and, and it sort of fed into my practice, messing around with art objects within a second-hand shop and things like that. But, you know, people wanted a white cube, and we had we had this space out the back that was just sort of wasted space, really just full of broken furniture and things like that. And I was encouraged by Constantine, by yourself, I think, at the time, by a lot of people, do a crowdfunder. And I was like, oh, I don't really like... I always sort of saw crowdfunders as for a charity or for that. But this is me indulging myself. I was doing a crowdfunder to sort of, you know, have my own gallery space. So I wasn't very confident... But I did do it. At the time, when any discussion about you know, like creating a space, it, it comes at a time when there's fewer and fewer art spaces yeah. around. And it also, it, it, it opened up, the for me, the, the potential for different people to show different types of work. Like it was sometimes a little bit difficult for certain kinds of work in the the, the second hand in the junk shop kind of mm, thing oh, where definitely. you know you know if your work was dealing with certain kinds of hybrid styles, mm. it could arguably got yeah. it would get lost. Yeah. It a little was very bit. hard. It was hard. Yeah. You know, I could, you know, in that before we got cave space, the gallery and done the crowdfunder, I had it was more for painting. I could exhibit paintings within the sort of second-hand shop gallery space because they 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 spoke okay. The language was all right because I could clear a, a wall and make it really clear and hang the paintings really beautifully, even though when you turned around from the paintings, you was in this quite messy sort of shop space. So, so painting was, uh, you know, it was easier to do that, but obviously anyone that was dealing with objects, it was really difficult. It was really difficult. So... But I think you're also dealing. It's also difficult for you because you're dealing with artists. You know, you know, like people involved with fine artists often yeah. have very, very strange ideas of how very specific art, yeah. art world or a wall operates yeah. for them. They, you yeah. know, everyone they're making whatever they're making seem to imagine that the next steps almost like Tate Modern or you know, the White Chapel. Well, you know, I think they, definitely in that that beginning part before we got the the cave space gallery, it would be people asking me if they can put their art and they enjoyed that type of space and they liked that type of challenge of hanging work or having an installation or displaying work within something different to a, a white space yeah. or thing. So it was normally, you know, if I invited people to do it, they unless they knew how to deal with the space, they couldn't always work it out you know curating that space the sh is really hard yes it's really hard yes. it's a very difficult space to curate um i love it i quite like yeah. the challenge of it and i still do yeah but it, difficult there's a kind of like you you've tried to investigate a kind of politic in between the notion of your know, community mm. you know like you, you be you there's that trying to build up the community of 
Pimlico mm. to come into your space to do that. There's the communities of artists, yeah. and then there's the kind of institutions of art. Of, yeah. you know, like, and like, how have you found yourself kind of negotiating these that sort of pathway? It's quite difficult, you know. I think if we speak sort of now past the crowdfunder, we've now got our little white cube gallery. Um, for the local community that used the space as a shop and a second-hand furniture yard and always knew it from there, I've lost a few of them because they don't always understand art, so it scares them, so they, they tend not to, you know. It's interesting how every time... All I've ever done with Cave is added things. I've never really took anything away, but the, the interesting question that comes from locals that use space. Oh, you don't sell furniture. Oh, you're a cake shop now. You don't sell furniture anymore. Oh, you're a gallery now, so you don't sell. So so they, you know, I've always added on. So the old school, what I'd call the old school local community have always been really supportive because I'm old school local community. Yeah. I grew up in Pimlico, I've been there forever. And I have amazing support from there. And they were all very, and everyone was very supportive of the case space. Yeah. I then have my art community which is the people I went to university with and my peers. And so that artist, and there's a massive, there's, um, you know, I didn't know before, but there's a huge artistic community in Pim within Pimlico. But I sort of knew that I had an art community. You know, my community's big. I don't just think of Pimlico as my community, mm. as my art community. As far as the education and, and thinking about the institution, you know, my idea... For cave, I suppose you know that indulgence of when I came out of uni was about. It was about trying to recreate in some way, you know, that fun side of university without the academics, without the politics of institution, and all the rest of it. You know, I worked with a charity that meant when I first graduated, I spent sort of a few years working for QR, where I had to get involved with the institutions and trying to get a foot in the door trying to get the institutions to 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 sort of follow and, and, and get involved in what we're doing is quite difficult. You know, we're just around the corner from Chelsea College of Art and yeah. we connect with it, but not the way I'd connect with it if I was involved with Chelsea College no, of I, Art. No, I, I can understand thing. that. So it's yeah. like, you, like initially you tried to get connections through London Metropolitan University. Of which, course, which, of course. You I imagine, I, you know... The, the, you don't, there's no, I, I, you know, I suppose I get it. I says each year new new students are coming in and coming in and things like that. But I don't, the institution don't support its graduates. Well, you know, London Met, the, the CAS, you know, they, they, I didn't get a lot of support. I don't feel this five years that I've been running CAVE and I've been working really hard yeah. to sort of, um, establish it as something I don't you know as an art space and as somewhere that supports community on all sides yeah, yeah so well, you had, you had so I'm a little bit disappointed with the institution well, it's an interesting one because you <laughs> yeah. did you have an experience of like QR like, mm. could you maybe discuss that talk yeah. about that a little QR, bit QR when I was in uni I uh, in my first year I got introduced to QR they used to run quits open quits in different institutions where they would invite people off their mailing list, so artists or students from outside of the un the specific university. We'd done all the universities mm -hmm. with QArt. QArt was started by Goldsmith students. 
uh, and I got involved and was their sort of representative for the CAS. So I'd, whenever they were having an event, I'd advertise for them. When I graduated, Sarah asked me, Sarah who runs it, asked me if I would facilitate the London Crits. And for me, it was a no-brainer because what it meant was... It was all on a volunteer basis, but what it meant was once a month, because that's how often we used to run the events, I would spend at least one day a month talking about art, raising questions, seeing artists, seeing different art and things like that. And I loved it. And I still love that sort of thing. Yeah, I always saw yeah. it as a real opportunity. Where like, like people come together and then yeah. they create their own little peer group. And it, it was, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, a kind cool. of cross-university group mm. in London, which... Mm in a way that, which is outside the way institutions yeah, work, yeah. where we all become friends, you, yeah. know, you spend your time with people, that's understandable, mm. but that, that kind of constantly pushing out, and I, you know, I, I kind of wondered where they would push out too, beyond you know, the, the white space within the educational yeah, institute, yeah. you know, it's, it's an interesting... It's, it, was, it was a great, it, and it still is, you know, the, um, it all started through voluntary, you know, QR all started through voluntary sort of people, so, but then, and as we said, when we were students as well, but obviously when we graduate, the reality of we have to earn money, and, uh, you know, Q, uh, QR's concept in it was is still wonderful and we do them occasionally now and you know maybe one day it's the sort of thing that I'd definitely like to get back to mm. you know at the moment my focus is still on cave oh, yes. but until you know that's you know I look back at uh, and I think about things like facilitating crits running these sort of workshops of talking with people about looking at art I love all that because well, it's, it. it's one of those things that like like you know, I've spoken to you about it in the past. Is that you know what is an educational role to art? You know, like you know, like like people. My education. Or, or well, I, I'm promoting that there is a different you know art has, a, has in, in the making of art there is an educational pathway for the making of art. It's actually to engage with other other people yeah. rather than just to be sold onto somebody in the marketplace. It's, you know, we run workshops at Cave. I do drawing workshops. I think. You know, I don't. When I when I, the word education, you just sort of oh education, and you and it, it becomes something that. You know, so I don't see cave, as an educational space. I see it as an encouraging space. You know, I consider encouragement, is as edu. You know, I think you know well, so. But also people learn from one another of as course, well. Of course, definitely. Look at that, that, that's well, I encourage that a lot yes. on Cave. <laughs> you know, that, that, yeah. in a way, that yeah. the kind of tactic of you know, looking at workshops and, and setting these sort of, you know, any sort of group participation thing is that mm. people essentially learn off one another. Definitely. You know, definitely. I think there is a kind of, there is a strange model in, in art education when you move away from the, the, the atelier, you know, where the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the master stands this in front of you and, and hits you over yeah. the fingers with a stick, you know, when you do something <laughs> wrong, to how, how people sort of work with one another and, and where oh, it moves. Oh, God, encouragement to me is the best, you know, with running, especially the life drawing, you know, I've, I've done life drawing at Cave and I was encouraged by Mel who used to be the tutor and to sort of, and she just said, you don't need me, Karen, you can do this yourself. And, you know, this was sort of over two years ago and I took on the group and now I absolutely love it and I do know I give things back. But I, a lot of the workshops I take on at Cave, to be honest, is purely about me being able to do a to workshop. Do so. 
I wouldn't go to a workshop. I'd, but the fact that I have stuff, every Tuesday I do life drawing at Cave. People go, do you run it? And I go, yeah, I run it. But to be honest, I'm more there doing it with you, do you, you know. Mm. And then we all discuss the work. And if anyone wants any extra encouragement or skills, you know, I've drawn for a long time, so I can look at things and and teach someone something. It does, that's changed. If you don't facilitate that even that drawing class, it doesn't exist. Of course which it does you know, you know, you know, Which is always a, a funny one. For me, again, experience of work with artists, mm. they're always surprised if something closes. There's some things, oh, what's going to come out in its place? You yeah. know, like, the, to show the initiative is actually, you know, it's, it's hugely under... It's, it, you know, there's been, you know, there's been a few times when I've had to say cancel life drawing and I'll know that, say, Pat, one of my regular drawers, is coming. Now, she's in the great drawer now. She's been coming for two, two and a half years. She knows exactly what I do to facilitate the group. She could easily do it, but she won't. Do you get She goes, oh, no, I'm not. You know, I go, oh, I'm going off on holiday. Why don't you just run the group for me so we don't have to? But then I do quite like the fact that I've... You know, I have a lot of freedom in Cave, and that is all part of the indulgence. You know, it oh. is all part of... It is mine, and it's not a charity, it's not a social enterprise, it's not any of these things. Although it's a community-supported space, it belongs to me and Nigel. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's uh, so we can sort of go, I don't want to open today, and we'll put a sign-up on Facebook, we'll put a chalkboard notice going, sorry, we're closed for maintenance. Do you think? Do you think you have a any form of censorship with with the art that shows? With your art, perhaps both as a cave or as a curator, you know, as oh, an artist. As an artist, I suppose that you know, as a as a mother, I have forms of sense. You know, I'm more. I'm a, so many things. So there's different things that I feel I would censor you know, in my home, but I might not censor in cave as a gallery space. Uh, you know, as far as, I don't know. I, do you know what? I do sort of censor a little bit, but I've really sort of gathered a space for it. In cave, anyone that visits cave, in the, in the shop part of cave, there are these two big gold frames. And when an artist comes in, and goes, oh, I make paintings, I make paintings, and tries to show me them on their phone. Will you sell my paintings? I'll censor them hiring the gallery space. Mm. I'll encourage them to hire the gold frames. If, if what you want to do is sell your work, hang them in the frames. You can have an opening event if you want. Mm. It's an exhibition in a frame. And I'll encourage them because I'm not the judge of anyone's work. I do know what I like. I have a particular aesthetic and I also like... I like the space, to be honest. Cave space to me, I like it to be... I like it when it's quite experimental in there. I like it when it really raises questions, when people don't really know what's going on and are hopefully brave enough and feel comfortable enough to ask. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to... The space is coming up here because for me because like we did an in conversation event which was an, an, slightly quite an unusual one in the fact that we did two events where we did you know the same but different and uh, essentially where we did them, them, them back to front and it's and you know 
I enjoyed working with you as an artist mm -hmm. in my space where I, I perhaps I felt I understood some of the nooks and crannies uh, and, and working with you in your space where you had a very clear understanding of how, how your oh, space was. was. Yeah. But where do you feel that you're compromised in, in your own art making? Or, you know, like, like there's obviously things like time come into it. You're talking my own art practice. Your own art my practice. Own, oh, definitely, definitely. I'm so, at the moment, so, so influenced by cave, by the whole space. I'm influenced by the whole, in what I'm seeing, what I'm moving around every day, what I'm touching. Even, you know, I go into our gallery space now and just want to use it as a studio. Mm -hmm. But then I probably wouldn't want to exhibit my work in there mm -hmm. because I'm so used to the way the walls work, the shape, you know, there's... It doesn't really challenge me as a space for myself and my own personal practice. It's not challenged me. It did and it has done for five years and I've made some amazing work in Cave that I've really enjoyed showing because I have indulged myself and had my own little shows for mm. whatever reasons. But, um, yeah, it's it's totally... I've lost my identity a little bit mm. as an artist within there and I struggle now to make work in there for myself. But it's an interesting one. Like One of the, the reasons that I set up doing the in-con or in-conversation with is like I've been in every single one. You know, like I, I collaborate. You know, that it strikes me as a... An interesting. I love that, know, but I can't think of anything worse. But, no. <laughs> to me, yeah. some of my my favourite stuff that goes on in Cave now is when I've either given someone the space, which I do, I gift the space quite a lot, but I also hire the space. And my favourite time is when I've either gifted or hired someone the space. Nigel does all the prep work. If they've asked for help with curation, I will help. But usually a lot of artists sort of know what they want. And then I go, I love going and visiting Cave when a gallery is open. And that to me, I'd, the, the stuff that I've organised that has myself in it, whether it's my own work or just me organising it, like the Auntie Freeze, the Cave Cinema and the Embrace Your Space festivals. I've done these festivals. They're hard work. Mm -hmm. It's hard work. It's exhausting. Working with artists in groups, exhausting. Mm. Satisfying, but really exhausting. Mm. And I'm sort of not that interested in doing much of that no. anymore. Is it, do you think you it's know? the ego of the artist that's too difficult? or Sometimes of, it's a bit of, of everything. Yeah. It's sometimes, you know, sometimes it can just be something as simple as... You know, they don't wash up after them. I give um, them the space and then they just leave a mess. Yes, yes. You know, it could be... And, and that's just like... I suppose that I'm quite a motherly character and that I can't not be that. But then as a motherly character, I always get the ump with my kids as well. So, so <laughs> yeah. what, what of you gets lost in the curating? Oh, what of me gets lost? Yeah. What, curating of someone else's or my oh, own? Oh, yeah, like, you know, you've, you've been doing rather well. You know, you've been curating shows now for mm. three and a half years, yeah. probably once a fortnight, the very least, yeah, yeah. you know. Well, not but always. What, I don't been... always get involved in, like I say, sometimes the artist, I just go, do you want any help? And maybe we'll just have a little discussion and a talk at the end when mm. it's been installed. 
Which I think is still part of the curation. It's still part of it, I, just because I'm not deciding where stuff goes. But has it influenced the way that you would think about making your work in terms of, you know, like, there's always the time issue, where, again, I said earlier, it's, which is not uncommon. You know, like, like, very, very few people have the indulgence of being able to make art yeah, whenever yeah. they want. But do you, do you feel that you've, you've kind of learnt things about the way that you want to make art through your curating? it's really hard because curating uh, the only space I've really curated is cave space you know yeah. and also the what was the junk shop mm -hmm. um, I had a little you know with doing the project with you which was fun you know I had uh, we curated it together in your space um, but that's about it so my curation I think although I've curated a lot curating in the same space I know exactly you know I'm, I sort of I think it's like so I think I think for me a lot of curating when I've been in spaces is how to manage people Ooh. around the room. Around the room, definitely. And I'm yeah. I'm interested what kind of impact that would have if I'm putting something that I've made. Mm. You know, do the obvious thing I'll put it in the middle of the room so they can't miss it. Yeah. Or do you, you know like what you know? Do you feel yeah. that you've learned sort of games? Out yeah, of it? definitely, definitely in leading people around a space in obstructing space and knowing exactly what you are. You know, I quite like it when you can't even get into the gallery and you just have to stand at the door and figure it out, you yeah, know. Yeah. So, so the thing is with me, I'll always push for questions because of my, my history with QR. My, you know, I didn't ask enough questions when I was at art school because I didn't know enough. I've learned more in the last five years of being out of art school than I ever learned at art school, but art school helped. I would never have done cave yeah. without art school. So for me, I'll always push when I'd hope, hopefully within my own work, but definitely with curating others and my own work, I'll push for questions. So I'll spend time if some if if something's been installed, I'll look at the space and go what are people what questions are people going to not are people going to like it are people, I'm not mm. bothered about any of that what questions are they going to they going to ask where is this challenging anyone and things and that can be in all art practices whether it's drawing through to sculpture through to conceptual work I'm going to I'm going to ask you sort of the you know 64,000 dollar question mm. is like if would you what would you recommend someone do if they were trying to set a space up Decide what sort of, the most, you know, I always knew that I didn't want a poncy art space. That was, and that's the basis of it. I wanted it to stay real. I wanted myself to stay real. And so if anyone was coming to me saying, I want to, I want to, I, the first thing I'd ask is, what do you want from it? If you want to make money, I'm sure that's possible. If you want to just talk about art and have conversations, which was my you know, and I wanted to have conversations with real people, not just have an art scene where we're all sort of spinning out the same, churning out the same rubbish, getting some real questions about what art can do for people. Do you so think I, I, would, I, would, I would encourage that to just really figure out what it is you want. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been sort of accused over the last five years of not having any real gallery etiquette yeah. in the way that I use social media, in the way that I promote 
things and cave and exhibitions. I just do it the only way I knew how. It's just, you know, we've got this stuff, let's just get it out there. But yeah, there's certain gallery etiquettes you're meant to follow and things like that. So that's the questions you've got to ask yourself. If you're going to open an art space, is what sort of art space do I want? Because there's lots of different types. Yeah. Lots of different types. I've visited many. Yes. And there's lots of different types. Do you think if you had greater funding, it would, it, 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 what, it, what it would change? I don't think it would change anything. It mm. would still be exactly the same, but I wouldn't have to stress about paying me rent every month. Yeah, it would be exactly the same unless, and you know, I you know people have come into me and just gone you know the shop part of it doesn't make any money. People have come in and they've gone, why don't you just get rid of the shop, paint it all white, hire it out as a big gallery space, or make studios, two studios in the gallery Mm -hmm. space, you'd be easily, easily, and people would go, people would wear that, and I'm like, yeah, but I wouldn't want to be there. No. I wouldn't want to be there. That's not if if Cave had all the money that it needs to just keep it. No, it wouldn't. With me and Nigel running it, it wouldn't change very much. You you think you'd <laughs> you need it'd be a different space exactly from what you've got really. No, it yeah. would just be exactly the same. But me and Nigel would be less stressed. Yes. About having to pay rent. Yes. And having to find bills and having to. You know, pay our friends who help us run the bar and run the wagon and, in in you know, help us in any way that we could maybe pay them some cash instead of paying them in cake and booze. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but they like cake and booze. Yeah. So it's all right. Great. Thanks very much, Carl. No, nice thank you. Nice one.